0: This summer, we are going to look at the Psalms, the Psalms of Summer, a habit, a tradition that we have done now for almost, uh, well, for, this is our seventh year of going through the Psalms in the summer. We are going to explore the Psalms in this journey. And I know that many of you read the Psalms, but I wonder if you meditate on the Psalms. The Psalms are the poetry of the passions. They are about deeply trusting God with your sadness and your joys. For nearly 3,000 years, God's people have used the psalms as daily devotionals. These 150 poems. The psalms were, years ago, they were synonymous with early childhood education. Did you know that? To say the psalms was another way of saying that your child attended Latin grammar school. The psalms were required for ordination. In the protestant church for hundreds of years anyone who was ordained in ministry would have to recite a psalm when called upon in the ordination exams. St. Augustine quoted the psalms when he died. So too did Jesus. And so as a church we're learning how to develop a heart for the psalms. And in this psalm, Psalm 35, it is about when you are the recipient of a false accusation. A false accusation. This year, the tally continues, there have been 50 million Christians killed for their faith across time, at least that have been recorded. It reminds me of a time in uh, 1572 in um, in France. There were some French Protestants. They were known as the Huguenots, and there was a long uh, historical tension between the the government of France and the French Protestants. The government of France, of course, was ruled by a Roman Catholic government at the time, and the Roman Catholic government decided that they would rid the country of these protesters, of these Protestants, and so. One day in 1572, at the celebration of St. Bartholomew when people came into Paris, the leaders of the Huguenots gathered together for a wedding event. And the Catholic government, the French government came in and slaughtered 10,000 Huguenots over the course of the week. They know this because 1,100 bodies washed up on the riverbanks. And they have recorded others who were died. Think about that. Whenever we are falsely accused, and there's lots of accusations today, we live in the world of accusations, we're very quick to say, well, God is on our side. Contend for me, O God, it says in Psalm 35:1. We think God is on our side. And in, in, in 1572, the Pope, Pope Gregory XIII, I think, Pope Gregory called a mass to celebrate doing God's will when he got word at the Vatican. When word got to him from Paris that these Huguenots had been put down. Throughout the course of Church history, Protestants have faced false accusations. John Calvin had to serve the Lord's Supper once in a cave. One time in, in a period of time in Scotland, all the Protestants had to actually worship and gather worship in caves. There, there is a, there's a, um, there's a woman who his name is Nan Chung. She she was the wife of a of a British uh, citizen she met when she went to the London School of Economics in the nineteen forties, and they moved their family to China, where Shell Oil set up shop in the late 1940s and when Mao Zedong came to power all of the western oil companies moved and yet Nen Chung and her husband decided to stay and her husband passed away in 1955 and she remained to run Shell oil in communist China. And after she herself retired and was serving as a consultant one day the Red Army came into her apartment and they arrested her and they forced her they tried to force her to confess that she was in fact a British spy. And she refused to admit what was not true. They falsely accused her. And she said, I cannot uh, say what you're saying. I should say because I'm not a British spy. I'm here to faithfully run this company and remain in the country where I was born. And where I love what I love. And so she was put away in solitary confinement. For six years by the communist government and she refused the whole time she was an amazing woman of integrity all she had to do is just sign a piece of paper that says she was a British spy and she could go back to London and she did not do it. Why? Because it wasn't true. Now we live in a world of accusations today they're all over the place and there are certainly many many accusations that you read in the media which are true that the justice system rightly um, uh, sentences those who have committed uh, egregious crimes. But there are also for everyone there are many many false accusations. And you may know this. Do you? And in Psalm 35 David develops for us the the soft skills that we need to endure false accusations. And you see in Psalm 35 you see these beautiful movements. You see verses 1 uh, 1 down to uh, verse uh, 11, uh, verse 10 where you see that David prays for deliverance. You see in the second half of the psalm that David prays and advocates for for, for justice. He laments the injustice. And then toward the end of the psalm you see David appeal to the Lord for justice. And you see soft skills develop. We'll talk about those in just a minute. And you see these beautiful characteristics of God in the midst of this psalm. So let's stand together and I'm going to read for us the portions of the psalm that we have not yet read together. I'll begin reading at verse 19. This is the word of the Lord. Let not those rejoice over me who are wrongfully my foes. And let not those wink the eye who hate me without cause. For they do not speak peace. But against those who are quiet in the land, they devise words of deceit. They open wide their mouths against me. They say, Aha! Aha! Our eyes have seen it. You have seen, O Lord. Be not silent. O oh Lord, be not far from me. Awake and rouse yourself for my vindication, for my cause, my God and my Lord. Vindicate me, O oh Lord, my God, according to your righteousness, and let them not rejoice over me. Let them say in their hearts, Aha, our hearts desire. Let them not say, rather, let them not say, we have swallowed him up. Let them be put to shame and disappointed altogether who rejoice at my calamity. Let them be clothed with shame and dishonor who magnify themselves against me. Let those who delight in my righteousness shout for joy and be glad. And say forevermore, great is the Lord who delights in the welfare of his servant. Then my tongue shall tell of your righteousness and of your praise all the day long. The grass withers and the flowers fade. but God's word stands forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Welcome to the podcast of Trinity Presbyterian Church in Owasso, Oklahoma. Our passion is to show that grace changes everything in Jesus Christ by equipping you to rest in worship, grow in community, and rediscover your calling. To join our body in financial support of this ministry, visit our website at trinityowasso.com. Psalm 35 in a sentence teaches us to appeal to God for vindication when others falsely accuse you of doing evil and count on God's deliverance in the future because He is just. In this psalm, David first Cries out for deliverance. There are numerous accounts today of, of accusations. We read these in the news. And aren't you tired of all these um, power dynamics. Where people have been abused by bosses or employers. Or by people who in some power differential took advantage. You, you read about this in, in the secular corporation. You read about this in, in the media. You read about this and you even see this in the church. To the, the travesty of all of these And I just want you to know that while this psalm is about false accusations, if you've ever accused someone or you have ever been the victim of sexual violence or of an accusation that deeply cut to the heart, I want you to know that this church, this church, if we ever hear of any impropriety by any volunteer or staff member of this church, we don't try to handle that internally. We reach out to the authorities and we will protect you. And we will provide for you at every turn that we may. And some of you know this personally, and it's very hard. So as we talk about false accusations, you know this too. Because whenever you whistleblow on your employer, or wherever you, you talk about something that has happened to you, and you know it's true. Oftentimes in the power dynamics, the script is flipped on you, isn't it? And so this prayer can also become your prayer. Because unfortunately, sometimes the victims... Are falsely accused of being perpetrators, doing this for attention, money, you doing this for a name, oh my gosh. So please hear us. Whether you are falsely accused or you perhaps have been the victim of some very monstrous event, we want you to know that this psalm is for you. Some of you know what this is like because at work you've been falsely accused. Uh, you know, Somebody comes up for a promotion and, and, and they, they, they aren't able to have that promotion yet because there's a claim against them that somehow somebody falsely accused them through some vindictive means at work. Have you ever had that experience? You know what I'm talking about. Christians, the psalms are medicine for your soul. They aren't just there to say, oh yeah, yeah, those are nice, we'll read them on Sunday. They are there for you to go to in the midst of these situations and here David cries out for deliverance. Verses 1 to 10. He cries out. The psalm says of David. La David in Hebrew. It means of David or for David. And when you read the psalms. And, and this one is written of David. As almost 84 others say of David. In the, in the superscript. You read them of David in three ways. David as the individual David. You read them as David also as the representative of all of the covenant people of God, as the king of Israel. And you read it also as David as a type of Christ, who David is pointing us to the true David, who also prayed this prayer. He cut his teeth on the Psalms. And so David says, Oh, Lord, contend. Contend for me. We don't know where in David's life the psalm may have emerged, but in first Samuel chapter twenty-four is a is a place that he may have written the psalm when remember when, when Saul is accusing him of trying to overthrow Israel, and David goes on the run, he's on the run from Saul, and Saul is hunting him down as a bounty hunter after his prey. And and, and Saul camps out in the cave, and his men, they don't know that David's men also are camped out in the cave. Do you remember the story, First Samuel chapter twenty-four? And so what does David do? David has such respect for the king that he goes to Saul and he cuts off a corner of his garment. And he says to Saul, this is evidence that the accusations against me are not true. I could have killed you. But I didn't. I respect the one that the Lord has put in authority over me as the king of Israel. However evil he may be. And David submitted himself to the king. Jesus, the night that he was arrested, he knew he'd be falsely accused. And he was not surprised when the soldiers walked up and saw Judas's shadow dancing in the torchlight. And in Gethsemane, before that, he asked the Father, Lord, take this cup from me but not my will, your will be done. Jesus did all of that, friends, knowing that he would soon be falsely accused. When Jesus is teaching his disciples in John chapter 15, he says, he says to them, the world has hated me, and you know what? It's also going to hate you. But that the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. Jesus writes in John 15, 25. They hated me without cause. And Jesus quotes Psalm 35. And so what do we learn right off the bat here? Let's just apply this real quick. When you're falsely accused of something... What is the soft skill? There are hard skills. There are measurable skills. But what's the soft skill you need to practice? Well, first, the soft skill you need to practice is you need to be able to say, I'm innocent of all these accusations. Like the the world is laughing at the church. They're looking at the church and saying, aha, aha, look at them. They're a bunch of hypocrites, bigots, racists. They're homophobic. They're narrow." Is that true of you? They accuse the church of that. Are you guilty of that? If so, then repentance is your only path forward. Because David says that when you pray this prayer, the Lord will deliver those who are innocent, but he will use the accusations of of those who are accusing him and he will turn it on their head so that they will be judged by those very accusations. Oh, friends, if you are... If you are being accused of something that's false, you need to be able to say, I'm innocent. I'm not perfect. I'm not, of course not. Psalm 51, David doesn't admit He, he admits that he's not perfect. Of course, Lord. But we need to as Christians be able to say, we are innocent of these specific allegations. No, we're not perfect. There's plenty of places that we're not perfect. But in these particular allegations, we are innocent. And if so, this is your psalm to pray. And the psalm teaches us something, it doesn't just teach us the soft skill of being able to, to, to profess our innocence, which you should do, and you can't pass first base unless you've professed your innocence and you are indeed clean before the Lord. But you also see this beautiful picture of Jesus, because Jesus is fighting for you. Contend for me. Listen to the verbs in Psalm 35 Contend, fight. Take hold of shield and buckler. Buckler is a little shield that you go into battle with. Draw the spear and the javelin, some tradition. some translations say "battle-axe. Jesus, go to battle for me. And Jesus promises that he will indeed go to battle for us. Jesus is the great warrior. Listen to the way that Isaiah talks about your Savior, who is the great warrior for you? Why is your apparel red? And why are your garments like the one who treads the wine press? Isaiah writes. And Jesus speaking through Isaiah says, I have trodden the wine press alone. I have from the people. There was no one with me. And I trod them in my anger. And I trampled them in my wrath. This is gentle and lowly Jesus. Their lifeblood splattered on my garments and stained all my apparel. For the days of vengeance was in my heart and my year of redemption had come. I looked, but there was no one to help. I was appalled, but there was no one to uphold. So my own arm brought me salvation and my wrath upheld me. I trampled down the peoples in my anger and I made them drunk in my wrath. And I poured out their lifeblood on the earth. This is gentle and lowly Jesus. And this is what your Savior does on your behalf. For all of his covenant people, he fights for you. And so if you pray, Psalm 35, I just want you to be prepared that Jesus comes to your defense. He will one day, he will one day trample down all unrighteousness. And you will either be gathered under his protective arms of love or you will be trampled under him in his wrath. There are only two ways to go. So when falsely accused, we should ask God for deliverance. The Westminster Shorter Catechism teaches our children, how does Christ execute the office of a king? And the response is that Christ executes the office of a king in subduing us to himself, in ruling and defending us, and restraining and conquering all his and our enemies. For without cause they hid their net from me. Without cause, verse 7, they dug a pit for my life. In verses 4 to 8, he shares these accusations. In verses 9 to 10, he comes to the Lord in prayer with a confident prayer. Who is like you? Delivering the poor from him who is too strong from him. The poor and needy delivered from him who robs them. Second, David not only cries out to God... But he also laments injustice, which teaches us our second soft skill that is, to lament the injustice of the world and to give yourself permission to do that. I don't know about you, but I have a hard time, Lauren will tell you, sometimes being fully emotionally aware. Yeah, I'm probably the only guy in the room that has that problem, I'm sure. But do you know that studies have come out that um, cardiologists, there's a cardiologist um, named Samdeep Jahar who who works and lives in in, in Long Island, New York. And Sandeep Jahar has, has shown that there is such a thing as a true broken heart syndrome where your physical heart is affected by your inability to process your emotions. And in fact, why is it that uh, Lauren happens to, uh, to work on occasion as a home health uh, nurse, and so I, I, I asked her this week, why are like 98% of your clients men? And um, uh, she says, well, you know, I, that's a great question. But almost all of them are. Why? And she said, I think because women probably know how to process their emotions better and the stress that these men endure over time take a toll on their physical body. And so, Psalm 35, men, if you begin to pray this, it may give you five more years of life, and I'm not kidding. Like, being able to process your emotions, giving you permission to lament what is sad. Some of us are like, well, let's just turn the page and let's move on. No, you need to sit in lamentation. Cry out to Him. Cry tears on a journal that you write. You don't have to share it with anybody, but just, do you process that? Why is it that only 0.1% of the church probably shouldn't be in some kind of full-time counseling? It's because there's an epidemic of us being emotionally so constipated that we don't know how to express ourselves. We need to be able to process the deep, heartfelt emotions And the Psalms give us the ability to do that. And so, as a first step, would you, brothers especially, just join me in like praying Psalm 35 and saying, Lord, I don't know really how to do this well, but I'm going to pray this. And would you marinate my heart and the ability to cry out to you so that my first response whenever I'm falsely accused or whenever something happens is to run to you in prayer. And we have to do this well as a church, because you know I was talking to the ministry staff this week about how false accusations are incredibly hard to get around, especially in ministry. They seem to follow you, and a false accusation is is you know it's it's like it's like you crease your Jordans, right? It's like it's like it's this mark upon you that you that you can't get you can't get rid of over time, because the the Lord. Um, allows us to sometimes go through things that we don't understand for His glory and for His good. And so you need to ask God for deliverance. And secondly, you need to be able to lament the injustice of the world. And so be able to cry out and admit things are sad. And you can do that because we learn something about God here. And that is that God is the judge of all men. Christ is the judge of all men. Malicious witnesses rise up, verse 11. They repay me evil for good. I prayed and I, my head was bowed on my chest. And I went through and I grieved for my friends and my brothers. And they rejoiced at my stumbling. How long, O oh Lord, will you look on? Rescue me from their destruction. He is calling on Jesus to be the judge. That he will be one day when he makes everything New. So ask God for deliverance. Lament the injustices of the world. See Jesus as the warrior that he is. That he will come and fight for you. See him as the judge who will one day turn everything that's wrong with the world to rights. Jesus taught his disciples. Stop judging by mere appearances. John 7 24. And make a right judgment. Only Jesus can make the right judgment perfectly. And he will one day. When all of us stand before his tribunal. And some of us covered in his righteousness will feel his embrace and those who do not have faith in Christ will feel the wrath as he trods them down in his justice. And thirdly, in verses 19 through 28, David here appeals to God for justice. In only two of the Gospels... Do we see Jesus' cry of sadness in the garden? But all of the Gospels in Matthew 26 and Mark 14 and Luke 22 and in John 18, they talk about Jesus going to the garden to appeal to God for justice. Lord, let this cup pass from me. Let there be some other way. Not my will, but your will be done. And our endurance in the faith involves us having confidence in God's future restoration of justice. In Revelation chapter nine, uh, 6, it, it says that when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witnesses that they had borne. Fifty million and counting. And they all cried out with a loud voice, Sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And then they were each given a white robe, every one of them embraced in the tenderness of their Savior for their death on his behalf. And they were told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete who were to be killed as they themselves had been. God's justice and His love are linked together. He fights to provide justice for us. And so when you are falsely accused, you want to run to every legal resource you can, but your first response as a Christian ought to be in your fight response, contend for me, O Lord, or in your flight response, O Lord, let them not subdue me. It ought to be to run to the Lord in prayer to deliver you first. It ought to be to lament the injustices of the world. And it ought to be to appeal to the Lord for justice. Notice the language of verse uh, 7. It says, For without cause they hid their net from me. They notice later in verse 19. Let not those who rejoice over me do so. Those who hate me without cause. Verse 23, awake and rouse yourself from my vindication. This is this is David, this is Jesus praying in the garden, Lord, come to my vindication, be my attorney to argue my case, please. And Jesus, of course, cried out to his father to be his great advocate, and his father turned his face away from Jesus so that Jesus could be your advocate when you're falsely accused. And Jesus is indeed our advocate. Jesus is the one who says, I will take up your case. 2 Timothy chapter 3, we read all about these last days and, and Jesus says that these last days are all those days after my resurrection when I will come to you by the power of the Holy Spirit and I will prepare you for the consummation of all things. I will restore justice and I will provide for you. So brothers and sisters, listen, we, we need to be able To develop the soft skills of crying out to God first. Don't ignore it. Don't run to other means. Learn to pray Psalm 35. Let it be medicine for your bones. Be innocent of the accusations that are against you. If not, repent and own up to them. And face the justice that may be due. Appeal. Cry out. Lament the injustices of the world and appeal to the Lord for final justice and He will indeed bring it because He is faithful and He is true and He is your advocate. And if you're here and you don't have faith in the Lord Jesus, then you don't have an advocate. There's nobody to intercede for you before an infinitely holy God. But today you can. You can believe. And Psalm 35, can be more than just words on a page. It can be your medicine to cry out as your Savior also cried out. Through his arrest and his trial, he did did not open his mouth. Why? Because he was preparing to be your defense attorney for all eternity because he loved you. Would you cry out to him when you are falsely accused? Appeal to God for vindication when others falsely accuse you of doing evil and count on God's deliverance in the future because he is just. And as we come to the Lord's table this morning, we come as a statement of faith, saying we trust in your advocacy for us. Oh Lord, would you restore us. And for those of you who are enduring false accusations, even now, would you allow the Lord's Supper to be the means by which Jesus gets his arms around you yet again and says, I will restore justice. Nothing is done without my knowledge. I know you're innocent. And I will ultimately defend you It may not satisfy you completely on earth, but I promise you in a billion years from now when we are in glory together, you will see the justice that I upheld for you at every turn by giving you my life and my promise of restoration. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information or would like to help support the local body of Trinity, please visit our website at trinityowasso.com.